Welcome to the Roll Call Podcast for the week of August 15th, 2019. I am Joe McGuire along with the Sarah Kay and our producer JJ Vargas. Yankees have won 14 out of 16 games. They're, they literally, uh, last night, finished Baltimore. Baltimore cannot win the division. They were eliminated oh, from winning the American League East. First team in baseball <laughs> to be eliminated. Early. There's so much talk right now about the fact that the Yankees have played 50% of all of their games. I'm just kidding. It's obviously not that many. People are upset that the Yankees are 17-2 and versus the Baltimore Orioles. Like, the Yankees were the ones that made the schedule. Hmm. We just play whoever's on the schedule. We don't decide that. You know, we just show up and play who's there. JJ, not only do they show up and play, and they beat them. And they've yes. been, I mean, it's it's been everybody. And for anybody that wants to say, well, it, it was Baltimore and Toronto, yeah, last week and the week before. But a few weeks ago, it was the Red Sox. It was Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. It's been Minnesota. We'll see when, obviously, Cleveland's coming in for four. The last time the Yankees saw the Houston Astros, they took three out of four from them. Mm-hmm. So you got to feel good about things. Here, Here's a, a, a really great line, uh, I, I think, that'll just sort of enhance where the Yankees are our first team to 80 wins uh in 2015 the Royals were the first team to 80 2016 it was the Cubs 2017 no joke it was the Astros last year first team to 80 Red Sox, Red Sox. this year's the Yankees hmm, that's a current trend you there. see the trend yeah <laughs> it looks like first team to 80 uh at least the last I mean it works just something to think about uh, 13th time in franchise history, the Yankees had 79 wins to their first 120 games. Of the previous 12, 10 have won a World Series. The only one that didn't was uh, the most hard luck Yankee team of all time, uh, the 54 team that came in second to the Cleveland Indians. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, again, the Yankees are, are you know, and, and JJ, we're going to kind of get into uh, some more history that a couple of teammates made this past week, which is yep. very exciting. Yep. The last team to hit 80 wins in their first 121, the 98 Yankees. Mm, that was yeah. a good team. <laughs> that was a really good team. Oh, yeah. 18 straight home series they have either won or split. This dates back to April 16th and 17th when they beat the Red Sox. Yankees got out to a tough start at home, dominating right now. Dominating, obviously, the Baltimore Orioles, 61 home runs Ooh. in 19 games. 48 and 16 against the American League East. It, it doesn't matter if it's Tampa or Boston or or Baltimore or yeah, Toronto. They're, they're just beating the crap out of everybody. And and I, you know, I, I'm hearing so many people like, well, trying to make excuses. We, you know, we talked all obviously about all the injuries this season, mm-hmm. and there's nothing the Yankees haven't persevered, but they're also winning yes. a lot. Every single night. Yeah. But, you know, we show we're just the daddy of the AL East, you know, and it shows in the record, you know, whether it's Boston or it's Tampa or it's the Orioles, you know, they keep saying, oh, the Yankees are only being mediocre teams. It doesn't matter any team that we've played. We've either split with them or we've won the series. And that's, that's and that holds true, especially when we're at Yankee Stadium where we haven't lost a series all year. The Houston Astros are 12-13 and 13 on the season against the Yankees, Twins, Rays, and Indians. Mm. The Yankees are 20-13 and 13 against those same teams. So don't tell me the Yankees can't beat good pitching. It's, it's not true. They're 7-10 when they don't hit a home run. 
Yeah. That's the second best record in baseball. Yeah. And that doesn't happen very often. We're usually knocking at least one out the park by every night. 17 is the least is the least amount of times a team hasn't homered in a game. Um, but they're proving that they can still win those games because people will say, well, in the postseason, not as many home runs. First of all, I'd like to introduce you to the baseball in 2019 and the 10% jump in uh, home runs in general before you go talking about home runs in the postseason. The biggest moments in postseason history – are all home runs, yeah, walk-offs. Yeah, if you date back to when Aaron Boone did it against the Red Sox, you know, back in oh, yeah. 03, you know, it's fantastic. You know, it's the highlight of that year. For anybody who is a Giancarlo Stanton hater and is so concerned about the strikeouts going through the roof when he comes back, because that's all I've been hearing, it's going to strike out a ton. We don't need that. The Yankees' strikeout rate this season and last season, 22.7, 22.6. Mm. almost identical what's the difference it's the clutch hitting oh yeah it's it's been unbelievable all season long and when tanaka pitched that gem the other night get into the ninth inning game they won one nothing obviously uh chapman and vladimir guerrero what a oh what a battle that was 13 pitches of (laughs) I wasn't concerned at all because I feel like Chapman kind of turned the corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's pitching like Chapman, which means he's going to put a guy or two on base. Yeah, I trust and then he's going to lock it down. I trusted yeah. the veteran in that situation. He held it down. We're going to see that matchup for probably like the next eight or nine years. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's. Uh, I, I tell you, that Toronto team isn't bad. Uh, so the Yankees were 0-16 when they had scored two runs or less in a game this season. Only the Angels at 0-26 or worse. When the Yankees don't score runs, they don't win games. That's generally how this happens. A one nothing game, a gem from Tanaka, Paxton, Hap, Jermon, everybody's been pitching well. For the month of June and July, the Yankees, really since June 1st, their their starting rotation ERA has been god-awful. It's been a 5.5 or 5.68, something like that. And you haven't been getting length. But every now and again, every now and again, there's that turn to the rotation where everything goes well. Everything is right. Everybody is doing their thing and pitching well, except for Jay Happ, who's still in Lucas 5. Mm-hmm. But he, here's my thought, and I've been saying this all year. The Yankees are now 12-1 and with an opener, 10-1 when Chad Green starts. Mm-hmm. He's been lights out. Oh, yeah. I don't understand how this guy's not pitching the first inning of – uh, James Paxton starts. <laughs> James Paxton has the worst ERA in baseball in the first inning. It's a 10 9 3. Yeah. 2 9 3 ERA the rest of the way. Why does he pitch the first inning? <laughs> I'm serious. No. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not joking. I, I, I mean, for a team so driven by analytics, you, you take a look at this guy's numbers. Like, no joke. 25 earned runs, most in, in, in the majors, a 1071 ERA, 11 home runs. I, I'm, am I missing something here? Is there something that – or are, are you uh, worried about offending James Paxton by asking him to come in and pitch the second inning through, like, the sixth or seventh? Is that offensive to James Paxton? Is that the reason they're not doing it because – that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, am I wrong? I mean, 
I kind of agree with you. I, maybe it is they don't want to offend him because he's a veteran pitcher, but I think it would be smart, especially to now having Batances and Severino possibly coming back. They might not be playing a lot of innings. It might be smart to have them pitch an inning or two or Green pitch an inning or two and then bring in Paxman. We saw it happen when CeCe started, pitched a few innings, and then Herman came in, and that was a great game. So I, I don't know. I I think it might just be because he's the veteran pitcher. They don't want to offend him, but I think they should also give it a shot. Yeah, you part, never know. Part of me thinks it's a confidence thing. They don't want to dip his confidence, you know, especially when you when he was the star acquisition in the offseason. We did sign him from Seattle. I don't know. I, I, you know, like I said, we're an analytic lead team, and I feel like it makes all the sense in the world put a guy in the first and then have him take on the rest. Right. But, you know, <laughs> there, there is something special about being the starting pitcher, and, and he knows that he's always had that role. Mm. And, you know, maybe he's gone behind the scenes and, and expressed, like, you know, like, let me just get it together. Like, and But he just hasn't been able to get it together, as you've seen. For, for everybody who wants to talk uh, about how Masahiro Tanaka, you can't count on that guy. And then, well, well yeah, you can in the postseason. It was that was the sixth start since 2017 where he's pitched eight innings, given up no runs and three hits or fewer. Quality. That's the most over the last three seasons. That's that's more than Justin Verlander and Chris Sale mm -hmm. and all your favorite aces. So again, the idea that these guys aren't up to task, I I, I just I don't feel like it's it's particularly accurate. And Justin Verlander probably will win the Cy Young Award. If he pitches like he's been pitching so far this season. And his closest competitors are probably his teammates. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. But there's this one guy that we have that's pretty good, too. Now, the argument about Domingo German, who's won 16 of 20 starts, it's a lot of W's this day and age. The, the knock is that the guy's pitching to a lot of run support. And quite frankly, that's not entirely accurate. Now, in 2009, CC Sabathia had what many thought was a, a Cy Young kind of season. Yankees won the championship. He came mm -hmm. in third in the Cy Young race. Yeah. And the reason he did was he pitched to the scoreboard. It's a, it's a concept that people struggle with. What does that mean? When you're up 6 nothing in the second inning, you're not pitching. You're not, you're not like painting corners. You're not you're not you're just going after hitters. You're trying to induce contact. You might give up a couple of home runs, solo shots. Great. Yeah. Six if, two. We're fine. Yeah. If you're up twenty one zero in a football game, you don't throw the ball. You run it. Same yeah. case scenario. If you're up by six runs, you've kind of just, you know, managed the game. Sometimes you get hit, sometimes you don't, but you don't force it. Makes it interesting. Yeah. In two thousand and nine, CeCe was thirteen and zero in fifteen starts. When the Yankees scored six or more runs. Mm. Wow. In close games where the Yankees scored between three and five runs, he was five and six with a three nine five ERA in fifteen starts. I think that's what cost CC the Cy Young Award that season. Yeah. Mm. Is that in, in close games CC did not pitch well. So I'm gonna give you some numbers now. And uh I, I think I could prove a point here. Okay. Domingo German is 6-0 and in seven starts with a 2.06 ERA when he gets three to five runs of support. He is 9-0 and in 11 starts with a 5.03 ERA when he gets six or more runs of support. 
funny story. When Justin Verlander gets more than six runs of support, guess what his earned run average is? What is that? It's a 3.91. Hmm. Hmm. You know why? Because when Justin Verlander, on the few occasions where he has a big lead, he's doing the same thing. He's pitching to the scoreboard. When the games are close, he and Domingo Germán are pitching their best when they're not getting run support. Mm -hmm. Domingo Germán's had less starts where he's allowed four earned runs or more than Verlander has. Look that up. And I'll tell you, the big thing is this kid's had three tremendously terrible starts this year two against the kansas city royals the only team in baseball he has not figured out (laughs) and he had a disaster of a start against the boston red sox yeah Mm. if you look at the rest of the numbers his era which has been hovering around four i think he's at a, a 398 right now or 396 it's very bloated because of the boston game and the previous two kansas city games yeah his ERA was under three before the first Kansas City game. 7-0 since he got off the disabled list mm-hmm. in eight starts. Yeah. His curveball looks so filthy lately, too. Yeah. And I think he has, like, the four. He's ranked fourth amongst all active pitchers and most strikeouts in the, with the curveball. He's, he's just killing it right now. 21 swings and misses in that start the other night. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kid is... He's he's probably not the Cy Young Award winner. I, I get that. It's probably going to be Justin Verlander. But to anybody who wants to act like this kid doesn't belong in the conversation because of his ERA, look at the rest of the numbers. I mean, th- this guy's pitching and he's winning games in an era where nobody wins games anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's impressive, too, looking at his previous years to see him kind of overcome. It really wasn't that great. He was a, he was a good pitcher, but he got stressed a lot, would give up a lot of runs. I've compared him to A.J. Burnett from mm-hmm. the first time I laid eyes on him. He's mm-hmm. a little smaller version, a little thinner than A.J., but similar build, similar makeup, mm-hmm. electric stuff. When he's on, he's unhittable. When he's off, it's awful. Yeah. It's really awful. Very similar pitchers, except for this kid obviously doesn't have the track record that A.J. Burnett has. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think considering the situation he was placed in, too, where the Yankees told him, hey, we're not going to have Luis Severino until said date, you know, which was still unknown, clearly. And he was going to be one of those guys in the store in rotation. And he, you know, he really took the next man up mentality to the fullest. He's 16-2. and two. You know, that's a, an amazing feat in itself. Would it be safe to say that if Justin Verlander wins the Cy Young Award this season, it would not be worthy of a movie? No. Right? He's a he's a household name. Everybody knows who he's pitching he is. like you yeah. expect Justin Verlander to pitch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe statistically speaking, it is not better than some other seasons the guys had. Jermon's been outstanding with no track record of, of how or why this is even happening. I think that's what's made it so much more interesting. But I, I think the idea that, that he's all run support you, you do yourself a favor. Uh, be a nerd, go to baseballreference.com, deep dive the numbers like I did. <laughs> yeah. And uh, because I thought, yeah, you know, the numbers are inflated. You look at the numbers, look at the game logs, look what the guy's actually done. Yeah. It's actually pitched really great. And this team's got to be absolutely thrilled with him. And by the way, I hate Louis Sessa oh. 
more yeah. than most people do. He gave up a couple runs uh, in the last game against Baltimore to ruin what was otherwise a pretty good game. Before that, in his last seven appearances, he had a one five six ERA, 20 Ks in 17 in the third inning, a 104 whip. For the first time, you actually saw uh, some sustained success mm-hmm. from the Sessaman. Yeah. yeah, you know I never have alliteration there. It was nice. Yeah, I, you know I've never really been much on the Sessa Kool Aid. I just I don't know. I don't like his stuff. He's just, just very inconsistent, and I just feel like he has more games where he gives up more runs than games where he's like solid and like the Louis Sessa we want to see. I just don't. I know they have this whole thing with his contract. I just really kind of hope that next year they just let him go because just let him finish this year out. I, I just. I, I don't know. I'm I'm just over I'm over him. I've had some people tell me he's one of the reasons they think the Yankees might not win the World Series. And I go, Wait, <laughs> you think he's gonna be on the postseason roster? Yeah. No, that's I don't a know. good one. <laughs> yeah, no. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I don't see it a situation where he's there, you know. Yeah. I mean you know, God forgive us some major injury, he won't be there. Yeah, a plane crash and all of the big all the big league players are dead and he's in Scranton. That's like the only probably scenario oh, geez. where you'd have to put him up there. Well, and we've seen That's not gonna happen, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. Yeah. But that's what it would come to. He's not gonna be the postseason roster. No, and we've seen a few new guys this week who I feel like could be more beneficial in the postseason than Luis Sessa. I yeah, think we just yeah. need to part ways with him. There was this young Too kid. I want to say I can't remember his first name. I want to say his last name was Rosas, and he came out. I think mm-hmm. I think after Sessa, he looked great. You know, he let off that one home run in the ninth, but by then the game was under control. But I think he looked very sharp in that eighth. Kind of, I don't want to say he struck out the side, but I think he got two out of three. He was good. I think he has a nice upside. Let's talk about Glaber Torres for a minute. Ooh, my boy. I mean, this kid's been. Been on fire lately. Yeah. Now, again, people want to criticize him because he's been eating Oreos for breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. Is it his fault, <laughs> A, that this team keeps pitching to him? <laughs> I mean, come on. Just Get walk out of there. him. I, I, I mean, that's the only way they can avoid it. <laughs> 13 home runs on the season. I remember he came to Baltimore hurt mm-hmm. with. Yeah core issues yes which were quickly healed when his father reminded him that they were going to baltimore he's like like, you know what those muscles are loosening up (laughs) let's go uh glaber torres at 22 years and 242 days is the youngest player in american league history to have eight career multi-homer games Again, I know it's off the Baltimore Orioles, but they are a professional baseball team. There's always that one team that every player dominates. There's Judge killed the Orioles last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody loves Aaron Judge. So they were like, <laughs> well, that's okay. The Red Sox really won the American League East last season on the strength of what they did in the division against Baltimore and Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. That was a difference maker. That was, there's your eight games right there. Mm-hmm. Glaber has more runs against the Orioles than Chris Davis has all season. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was, there was That's a, called a dig. Yeah, there was yeah. a game in that series where Chris Davis lost his shit. You saw that? He, like, went after one of the managers. Oh, oh yeah, someone yeah. In, in his, like, yeah. dugout. I think the manager said something to him about being the worst Major League Baseball player ever. <laughs> And it upset him. Well, rightfully, rightfully so, so. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I, I, you know, I laugh because like uh, people have been like, "Where's Giancarlo Stanton?" Uh, you, you know, are he and Ellsbury like having a good time? They feel good about themselves. Ellsbury. <laughs> Do you think any of these guys, honestly, don't want to play baseball? Maybe Ellsbury. <laughs> he's maybe the, he's the exception. Right, yeah. Maybe <laughs> you, you might be right about him. Maybe, maybe no, him. But Giancarlo is a guy that takes the game serious, and you know he's hurting. He wants to get back out there fast. But you also want these guys to come back when they're ready yes. and they're healthy. I would rather get two good weeks of Giancarlo at the end of the season fully healed than rush him back when they're 40 games over 500. Yes, yeah. I agree. With a huge lead in the East. Yeah. yeah, well, and I think, too, maybe we could say, who knows, maybe maybe they're thinking this way, but they're doing really well right now. Mm-hmm. So maybe they could say, okay, let's not rush you back. Let's make sure you're 100%. Because I do believe that a lot of players try and rush themselves back. And they're not 100%. I still think Aaron Hicks did that early on. Thankfully, yeah. he's gotten over that hump. But I, I think a lot of these players, you know, like Severino, like Giancarlo Stanton, you know they're not rushing them back because they're they're okay right now. Yeah, there's you know? no sense of urgency there, so yeah. it's not like you got to rush back. I get it. Yeah, I don't want to see those guys back just yet. Not yet. No, not yet. No. And I'm excited to get them back for the stretch run. I think it'll be great. <laughs> uh, Glaber, 414 batting average, 485 on base percentage, a slugging percentage of 1138. I'm talking like wow. Barry Bonds in his prime numbers against the Orioles: 13 homer, 20 RBI in 16 games. Yankees have won 16 in a row against the Orioles, 17 and 2 on the year. Again, you That's gotta, good. you you said it to start, JJ. You beat whoever's in front of you. Yes. Yeah. And it hasn't mattered if it was Houston, Cleveland, Tampa, Minnesota, Boston, Toronto, Baltimore, Toronto, and Baltimore again. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. Yeah. Was we, that weird? Yeah. That was a weird schedule. Maybe. Yeah. Just saw them a whole bunch of times, but you got to beat who you're playing. Yeah. Right. The Red Sox had a chance. Uh, they had the Yankees and, and Tampa, and then Tampa and the Yankees, and they lost a ton of ground. Yes. Yeah. A lot. Well, and I had said this to JJ before last year. You know, even though the Yankees had a great year, there were games. There were a lot of games against Baltimore and the Toronto that we should have won. And that was the conversation last year. You have to win the games against Baltimore and Toronto. And this year we're winning those games. And I think yeah. that's the real difference maker this year is, is we're winning the games we're supposed to be winning. And now people like John Heyman are talking about the unbalanced schedule being nonsense and not fair. Nobody said a word last year when it was uh, when it was the Red Sox. Yeah. Two years ago when it was the Astros, nobody had any problems there. People hate to see us win. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, it is. That's okay. really what it is. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's a it's your true story. You know, um, before we get off the Baltimore Orioles, I think one of my favorite moments against the over never play the Orioles is seeing the Baltimore broadcasters. Oh just, yeah, just Gary the, Thorne is hilarious. <laughs> he just yo, he just can't stand when Do you like Torres when, uh, out there. <laughs> when they came into the the little yes. radio room. That was <laughs> well, great. Yeah, Paul yeah. O'Neill. Paul O'Neill. That was absolutely <laughs> that was hilarious. so funny. Uh, since the All Star break, uh, home run leader in the American League, Nelson Cruz has sixteen. Jorge Soler finally producing mm-hmm. 12 Mike Trout's got 11 Trey Mancini's got 11 Gio Urshela's got 11 too Gio, man. what <laughs> is going on with this dude's bat 
Gio, electric. Gio right now has like the utmost confidence in his play. Like he really does. You know, he feels like when he's at bat, he can make it happen. You know mm. what I mean? If it was if he's by himself, or there's somebody on base. You know, he just has confidence, man. He's he's really singling well. JJ, he's hitting 461 in his last 20 games. Mm. Nine home runs, 19 RBI, batting 400 with runners in scoring position this season. Matter of fact, here's let me t- let me give you this just to put this into perspective, and maybe you're not like a big numbers person. There's two major league baseball players with at least a 330 batting average, a 370 or higher OBP, a 580 slugging percentage, and at least 200 at bats. One's Kristen Yelich, mm. the other is Gio Urshela. <laughs> wow, who had that in their fantasy <laughs> league? Mm. Nobody. Hey, I know. <laughs> Tell you, man, Gio is making it very interesting for when Miguel Andujar comes back, man. It's gonna be a very interesting conversation. Uh you know, you know there's I pros get and that. cons. I get that to a certain degree. Here's the problem with with uh, metrics and advanced metrics and all that nonsense and and how that all works. Gio Urshela is the 17th rated third baseman in baseball. Hmm. Miguel Andujar would have been 30. Yeah. Urshela is not a great third baseman. He's going to have to get better. And Duhar's got to get way better. Mm-hmm. By next spring, whichever one of them is better will be the third baseman. Yeah. I, I agree. It's and- going to be another battle like Bird and Voight. Yeah. Don't, don't bring up Greg Bird in this. Listen, I'm just saying, it's another battle <laughs> for a position. And That's what much, it was last How much did Bird help by just, like, yeah. not participating in that competition? Yeah, no, but, but in all seriousness, though, you know, I think one factor that Miguel has over Gio is the age. You know, I think, yeah. you know, Miguel, he's, like, four years younger. I think he's 23, if I'm he's right. He's 22, and Urshela's 28. 28, yeah. So, but you know what? Difference. When you see him playing right now, Gio just, like I say, looks very confident, looks very composed. And he's, like I say, he's making it very interesting for when Miguel's back. You know? Yeah. Plus, I mean, you can't knock out and do our out of the picture just yet with his defensive playing because he only played four games at mm-hmm. third base before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So we really don't know how he would have done. At third, he he might because he was working on improving all that stuff in the off season. So we never really got a fair chance to see him play third base. I mean, he he if he played, he may have ended up being way better than Urshela is right now. I mean, you say that, but the last time I saw Miguel Andujar, he got pulled from his playoff game. Listen. That was the <laughs> worst overreaction in history. I, First, I hit that. I mean, we've talked about this. I won't even. I'm not even going to dignify that with an answer, JJ. I'm just That's saying. But it, but it happened. Even bring that up. But it happened. It happened. <laughs> it yeah, should but, have happened. But, but in the off season, after that happened, he worked on it. He worked on the ground balls. He worked and on. And then it. they had the secret meeting. That Sarah the secret meeting. About, yeah? That's right. Where and, they packed <laughs> up their differences. <laughs> yes. That's right. And decided he would just get hurt, and someone would take his job. Then. This year. Well, we'll see how it's going to be interesting. Yes. The idea the that you're going to trade Miguel and Duhar before he gets back on the field and proves that he's healthy is. No, that's ridiculous. You don't know what you're talking about. That's not how uh, baseball works. I'm just saying he's Look, good trade bait at the moment. He could be good trade bait. Honestly, but they both are, I think. They're both, yes. He's I got think. a pretty serious injury mm-hmm. to his shoulder. And if it's not fixed properly and he can't play third, he's a 
20-something-year-old designated hitter. Mm-hmm. That would really hurt his trade value. Yeah. Somebody would take it. For what? Yep. Then you're moving him for garbage. <laughs> and, I, I mean, is that what you're trying to do? That, I, I just don't think that makes sense. No. At all. It just doesn't make sense. You're no, I, steel. You never know. I, it, it's going to come down to what happens in spring. Somebody yeah. might get moved by the end of spring training for a, a, a malcontent pitcher who wants to get moved and isn't happy where he's at. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think is going to happen. Honestly, I think any trade that's going to happen is going to be after spring training's over. Unless they trade Urshela. No. Because he's – no, you say no, JJ. I'm talking about – I'm not talking about any time before the season's over. But if by the time the season ends, if the Giants were like, hey, we're stupid, <laughs> we'll give you Bumgarner for Urshela. Oh, yeah. yeah. You do it in yeah. a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. All day, every day. It'll hurt my heart, but I'll be all fine. Oh, I'll be fine yeah, but... I'll live. He's a I great mean, guy. Yeah, he's a great player. A lot of people will say his track record's not great. There's inconsistencies. So if they do trade before, it might be smart to trade him because there's a chance he may have a terrible year next year. Who knows? I don't know. I don't want to see either traded yet. I think they really need to duke it out. Do you guys remember how much everybody loved? Oh, my goodness. What was his name? Toe, the Toe Show. Toe Show. What was that guy's name? Ronald Torres. Oh. oh, yeah. See how easy he was to forget? Oh, yeah. yeah. You'll be fine. And he, yeah. Gio Rochelle has been fantastic. Like Talkman, like like Cameron Maven. I mean. See, but the thing with difference between Gio is, is that there's a necessity at third base. Well, yeah. And he's, currently. And he, at currently. And he's filling the void as well as you could, as you could fill it. But you Absolutely. have to also remember we have DJ LeMahieu for another year. Yes. So. Again, if they decide to make the trade and and they find the Endure's not ready, they do have someone that can play it. I don't know. It I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I still think that they're gonna duke it out spring training and then at that point they'll make their decision. Yeah. But who who knows? Crazy the, things happen. The machine now with fifteen three hit games out of the season, five leadoff home runs. Oh I mean, the guy has been so Ooh, unbelievable. Great. And the idea that Urshela is challenging him. It's interesting. Batting average-wise, <laughs> it's just making this even more fun because, yeah. you know, again, there's been so much praise for LeMahieu, and, and Gio's kind of matched, you know, 18 home runs in 130 less plate appearances. He's pretty much matched LeMahieu's numbers. Yeah, know? but, I mean, LeMahieu's not really a home run no, hitter. No, so. he's not. No. Neither is Urshela. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. That's what makes the whole thing so crazy. <laughs> and again, points to what I've been saying all year about these stupid, juiced baseballs. Mm. Yeah. There's something wrong there. Gotta yeah. like it, though. Kyle Hiroshioma has, like, four. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm not the mad. third string catcher. Oh, yeah. Isn't it Higashioka? Well, I don't know. Whatever his yeah, name I, is. I was like, wait, who is he talking about? <laughs> I'll know his name. <laughs> and I'll pronounce it properly yeah. when he becomes the backup, which yeah. could could be within a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. also Romine has played pretty well too. He's Romine's been bumps. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, literally, here's the here's the, uh, this is what blows my mind because again, people want to talk about the Yankees and the schedule and Baltimore and blah blah blah. This team has survived an unprecedented amount of injuries, and in the history of baseball. When your entire starting lineup is on the on the IL or the disabled list back in the old un PC days, yeah, <laughs> um, your season was over. Yeah, y- your ace was hurt for the year. 
your top reliever, your your center fielder, your right fielder, your shortstop, your first baseman, your third baseman, all out for the year. Twenty five plus guys, and you're forty up. games over five hundred. Mm-hmm. First team to reach eighty ones. Nine at bats from Giancarlo Stanton. Zero innings from Severino and Batances. Yeah. And again, you know, the Yankees have just beaten everybody, mm-hmm. especially when they're at home. I don't know what the Yankees have to do because there are Yankee fans who are not convinced that this team is good enough to beat Houston. Yeah. And I, for the life of me, I can't figure that out because the last time they saw Granky, they got to him, they got him out in five, and they won the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the concern with Yankee fans that feel that way is that they don't see the star names on there, so they're like, how are we going to be able to compete? But this team has shown all year that they're winning by committee. They're winning next man up. They're just going to go there and produce, and this has worked to this point. And, you know, maybe they don't think it will ride out to the playoffs, but what evidence do they have that it won't work when all is doing is working? Right. J-Hap and CC Sabathia have a tremendous amount of postseason experience. Mm-hmm. James Paxton has to get it together. They really need an opener for him. It just analytically makes the most amount of sense. Yeah. yeah. German continues to win. Severino is pitching bullpens. He's he's a week away from seeing live hitters. He's yes. coming back. Yes. Yeah. So is Dellen Batances. Yes. They got to put these guys somewhere. And if you don't think that making them openers is the most logical way to go about this, especially when you start bringing up Domingo German and, and whatever that innings limit's going to look like, where do you see Severino and Batances going other than pitching the first inning? You, you've already, I mean, look, with with, with Kaylee, Adovino, Britton, and Chapman, you've got, you got seven, eight, nine locked. Mm-hmm. Yes. Batances isn't a sixth-inning guy. Yeah. Severino's not a sixth-inning guy. I think it makes sense for them to start pitching an inning, pitch two innings. Get them out. Get 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 a starter in there for two or three, mm-hmm. and then get that thing over to Canely, Adovino, Britton, and Chapman. Twenty-one and zero when those guys pitch in the same game. Yeah, it's the recipe to a win. Yes, you got to get to the fifth inning. That's it. When you're facing Justin Verlander, you just need to hit one home run. You just need to get on the board. That's how you're going to beat them. You got to get into that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They beat they beat them three out of four the last time they saw them. And again, I think if the Yankees are home, I think the Yankees got to be the favorite. Yeah, you know, oh, absolutely, they do. You know, Justin Verlander, Verlander has allowed the most home runs in his career this year, right? And I think coming the playoff time, that could be a big advantage for us. He's the going to be susceptible as as is. I mean, look at Hap. Yeah, Hap's a good pitcher. I I know. I know if you've been watching, you're like, you're out of your mind. Hap's been a good pitcher. Hap was great last year. Hap's a big part of the reason the Yankees went to a World Series last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, playoffs. Sorry. Playoffs, yeah. That's called delusions of grandeur. <laughs> what he did led them into the postseason last year. Yeah, he won seven. He got rewarded with a contract because they thought, this guy can do it again. This guy yeah. beats the American League East. Mm-hmm. And it's been a very inconsistent season, and I understand people are upset, but he's capable of giving you five, giving up a run, couple of hits, six strikeouts. He just did it. Yeah. He can do it again. Yeah. If he gets into trouble in a postseason, he's gone. If he loads the bases in the second, you pull him. Yeah. Right. You bring in Chad Green. Yeah. Watch him smoke some people. <laughs> that guy's back. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, Yankee fans, there's something wrong with a lot of you where you, you hold other teams and other players up to different standards than you do the Yankees. I know a lot of people that are like that. Mm-hmm. Everything about this team seems to be indicating, based on history, based on the numbers, that they're stamping a team to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The rotation's been pitching better. Fact, couldn't pitch much worse. Things were pretty bad. Yeah. You know, is it ironic that it will be 10 years to this date? Oh, not to this date, but since the last championship. I think it's a nice story. You know, we last won in 09, went in 2019. Has a nice, yeah. has a nice ring to it. It makes sense. Yeah, CC's last year. I like it. It makes sense. And we'll we'll add it to the logo on, on the roll call, a little 2019. Because <laughs> I got a good feeling. Yeah. I've been saying it pretty much all year. I, I, I think the Yankees are the best team on paper. I think the Yankees match up favorably to some of their best teams of all time. And mm-hmm. here we are in August, and they're still performing like they were when I said this back in April and May. Right. I, I don't know why everybody's not – You, I know you guys are on board. Yeah. I mean, we've been rocking this all year and loving every minute of it, and there's <laughs> a lot of people who are just pissed off. I don't understand it. Yeah, you know, I think we're covering a very special Yankees year this year. You know, I just feel like it really has the making of a great playoff run that we could go far. Mm-hmm. I really think that. That's why we're doing video. Damn right. We're documenting the rest of this season because I think it's going to be unbelievable. Now, uh, Yankees start a four-game series with Cleveland. They're good. Is that is that good enough for everybody? Yeah. If the Yankees beat Cleveland this weekend, what will the excuse be? They were at Yankee Stadium. Right? It's going to be Shut something. Up. Jesus. Adam Plutko, who <laughs> is uh, otherwise known as the crappy pitcher in the Indians rotation, is up uh, uh, starting tonight. The Yankees went with the opener, Chad Green. Chad Green. 12-1, 10-1 in Green's uh, opener appearances. you liking your chances in that one. Uh, tomorrow night, Masahiro Tanaka brings his 8-6 record in his 4-6-4 ERA uh, against Aaron Savali, uh, who's looked pretty good so far. 1-1 with a 1.00 ERA. You know, Cleveland's an interesting team yeah. because at the trading deadline, they moved Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Mm. And after they moved Trevor Bauer and got Yasiel Puig, they started winning a lot of games. Yeah. They've overtaken Minnesota for first place. They've been dancing a little bit back and forth, but I, it really feels like – and I, I, every, look, everybody came into this season thinking Cleveland was going to be the team in the Central. Mm-hmm. Minnesota got off to a great start. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, at one point this year, Seattle was 13-2. Right, point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, And then they went to real build mode. The Cleveland Indians <laughs> are looking a lot better. Uh I'm telling you, you never know. Saturday, James Paxton, 8-6, a 4-4 ERA against Zach Plesak, a uh, young gentleman who's on my fantasy baseball team. Uh, <laughs> his dad was a, a former major leaguer, Dan Plesak. He's 6-3 and three with a 3-2-7 ERA and 56 strikeouts. He's been uh, quite a find for the Indians who have had Corey Cooper out uh, for, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Sunday, uh, CC Zabathia, 5-6, 4-7-8 ERA against Mike Clevenger. Who is seven and two with a three three four ERA? So that's going to be a, a heck of a Sunday afternoon game. Oh yeah, nice return for CC. A, a good home series 
against CC's team. It'll be the last, possibly the last time the Yankees see Cleveland, unless, of course, the postseason happens. In yeah, which yeah. case, uh, you know, I'm very excited. Wouldn't to see. that be something to see CC and the Indians going at it? Yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, you know. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm very excited to Can see who comes imagine? out that division because the tw- the Twins <laughs> and Cleveland have really been like it's been like a boxing match between them two. That series that they had not too long ago was very entertaining. Mm. So, we'll see. One of them is going to be a wild card team. One's going to win the division. So, we'll the, find out then. The Yankee schedule gets interesting from here because then they head west. Mm. Oh, the late games. Those stupid oh. late games in August. And I got to tell you, again, historically speaking, the Yankees don't do great in these games. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, it's important, though, because we will be playing the Dodgers, and that could be a potential World yeah, Series preview. Yes, sir. You know? Heading to Oakland first, quick pit stop in Oakland for three, and then, as you mentioned, at Chavez Ravine and the Dodgers for four. Uh, Tuesday night, 10 o'clock. Again, Sarah, hate those yeah. hate those late starts. Domingo Germán looks for his 17th win uh, against a 3.96 ERA. He faces Homer Bailey, who's 10-8 and eight with a 5.22 ERA. You know, it's, it's, a, it's amazing the A's 68-52 on the year – they find a way every year. Mm. Yeah, they're right. they, they just find a way every year. It's so, it's so upsetting, and yet so impressive. Or is that division just that bad? It's that bad. That's what I'm starting <laughs> to wonder. Uh, coming up on Wednesday night, Jay Hat brings his ten and seven record and his five forty ERA. I mean, again, if you want to talk about uh, a guy who's just not pitching the. The capability of 540 ERA. The Yankees have have pitched or, or, or played well and been pretty successful in this dude starts. Mm. They they tend to find a way to win when he factors in. It's it, it's it's a little less successful. The home runs kill this guy all year. Yeah. Got to keep the ball in the ballpark. Mm. Again, I talk about those juiced baseballs. It seems like guys like Hap, guys that rely on that fastball, are are getting murdered. Mike Fires, uh, eleven and three, a three thirty ERA. He's on my fantasy team. I'm really excited about that guy. He's been because uh, <laughs> he's always been an underperformer. Yeah, having a good year. He's having a great year, and it, he's really helped uh, Oakland stay in it. And then uh, Wednesday night, uh, Tanner Rourke, who's one and one, a two thirty one ERA since the trade over to Oakland. He's up against Masahiro Tanaka, eight and six. With a four six four ERA again, Tanaka coming off uh, the the gem, and then Friday night Yankees and the Dodgers. But we'll be back obviously with uh, another roll call podcast mm-hmm. where we'll uh, see where the Yankees are at after Cleveland and Oakland. Again, two playoff contenders. Yes, twenty and thirteen against those teams already this season. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's excited to see Yankees Dodgers, but they got a, they got a West Coast trip that. Again, historically speaking, doesn't go great. Mm-hmm. You're looking at maybe, you know, trying not to lose more than you win right. on a trip like this. But, JJ, all they've been doing is winning. Yeah, and winning is important right now because it's going to determine who has home field advantage in that ALCS, potentially, if we make it that far. It's very important right now. It's vital that they get home field advantage. I really don't. I mean, Game Seven's got to be in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. I, I think that's definitely going to be the key to this team uh, getting it done. Yep. I really do. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, I, I, again, you know, for some Yankee fans, I, I, I feel like you're really you're missing out on something super special because again, this doesn't this is not supposed to happen. Yeah, have some fun, man. Have, have fun. fun. Yeah, it's a good this season. Is, this really was supposed to be year one of this team being good, and they're unbelievable. Oh yeah. We just won our 80th game. Have fun, Jesus. <laughs> Since 2015, the first team in the 80s won the World Series. Believe in history. Mm-hmm. Look it up. It's destiny. It feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> v. Sarah K., J.J. Vargas, Joe McGuire. Make sure you check us out at clovercrestmedia.com backslash the roll call. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Do all that stuff. Have some fun on that, too. We <laughs> post really cool stuff on Facebook. We got Instagram. We're on the Twitter. I do the Twitter. <laughs> I haven't started being mean yet. It's coming. <laughs> Don't think I'm joking. <laughs> we'll be back next Thursday night uh, for another Roll Call podcast. This has obviously been the video live stream. Thank you so much for watching. Cool. Like and share.